what is up, everyone? Welcome to the Crack House Chronicles. We are your hosts. I am Donnie. I am Chris. I'm Bill. Hey, guys. How about the rain? Yep. You don't talk about the weather. Let's talk about the weather, guys. I don't want to talk about the weather. I love talking about weather. Guys, Chris has been been flooded out. His basement is full of water. Yeah, two nights in a row. It sucks. I'm in the flooded basement club. Anybody want to join? Look at that indoor pool, man. Well, if you don't have a flooded basement, then you're just not cool. But I've had it twice now, and I'll probably have it again tonight. And so much fun. It's probably been about a inch deep, and it's... um, Talking about the water. No, we still and, talking about the <laughs> rain. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, first night it was probably around midnight, and I discovered it. So at midnight, I was shoveling water out of the the basement. And then, How does one discover water in the basement at twelve o'clock? Well, I have I have dogs pinned up down there, and, uh, I, go, and I go let them out. Drowning. Yeah, well, my daughter wakes up, and you know, one of the four times a they night were doing she wakes the up, dog paddle. Yeah. <laughs> I went to go let him out, and I Short stepped nose. right down to the basement, and my foot landed in a puddle of water. I was like, okay. Yeah, well. what do you think? <laughs> so, Gosh, you guys have been pinned up down here a long time. i got to let you out. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> I mean, it's, it's, it's been a mess. Hopefully nobody else had to go through that, which I went to Lowe's today, and <clears throat> they were sold out four squeegees, and there were guys in there just with freaking the shop bags left and right. So I guess I'm not the only one. Yeah, I had uh, I had water problems in my basement here a while back, and I dug some drainage ditches and diverted some water around, and yeah, took care of it. But yeah, it's a mess if you got it. Yeah, it's and the thing is, it's damn muddy water too, man. It's it's like it's so nasty. And my what? wife helped me clean it up last night, and at least I had that because you, the first night I didn't have any help. It was mm-hmm. just me. And I just using two uh, dust pans, and I was just scooping it out, throwing it outside. But the problem is, is right outside the door, it was seeping underneath. It was, it was puddled up, so every time I'd scoop it out, it would just kind of come make its way right back in. So I was, I was really not getting anywhere. Mm-hmm. Right now, I have five fans blowing downstairs, trying to air it out, and I have a dehumidifier that the uh, mother-in-law kind of loaned. Let me let me use that. So. Oh, that all that all dried up pretty good. Yeah, yeah, and then tonight we'll see what happens. The radar is kind of, kind of iffy. Yeah, I hear your mother-in-law don't need that humidifier. It's pretty hot in there now. <laughs> 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 yeah. All right, all right, guys. We're gonna get into our topic of this week. We are going to discuss DB Cooper. What's the B stand for? Bartholomew. B yeah. actually don't stand yeah, for, for anything. Yeah. The B don't stand for anything. It was a, the B was a typo. Bartholomew's a name that doesn't get used enough. No, it doesn't. Go ahead. But anyway, the B was actually a typo. It got uh, strewn around by the news media. Uh, he signed in. Well, he, he went to the Portland airport. He went to the Portland airport, bought a ticket, one-way ticket to Seattle. And I think from everything I read and heard, he, he paid like 25 50 bucks for that one-way ticket back in like, 1971. This was on uh, Thanksgiving Eve, and uh, he signed a, signed in as Dan Cooper, but he got, I guess the media got got it messed around a little bit. And you mean the media wasn't 100% right? Media wasn't 100% right back in 1971. I find it hard to believe. But yeah, they, it was a typo or something, and they uh, got to calling him D.B. Cooper. 
which, I mean, that sounds pretty dang cool. That's why they kept it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. But, I mean, Dan Cooper sounds like a made-up name anyway. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, it could have been, right? Maybe that might be one of the reasons why things end up the way they, they did, because it could have been a fake name. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was a fake name. <laughs> yeah, that's the whole gist of being yeah. a crook. Yeah, but... Uh, it's called an alias. <laughs> yeah, but he was he was slick. Ain't no doubt about it. But, anyway, he, like I said, he um, went into Portland Airport, purchased a one-way ticket uh, to Seattle, board the plane... Had on a, a suit, a nicely pressed shirt, a clip-on tie with a little mother-of-pearl uh, tie clip. He had on loafers, too. Yeah, he did have on loafers. Yes, you like did. you like loafers, don't you? Yes, I do. Should have had some chucks, man. I've been had to set it off. Well, and, and it, uh, <laughs> keep going. I have a question for later. It's just it's opinionated. Go ahead. But anyway... He boarded the plane. He had on a, a rain jacket and a suit and tie, clip-on tie. And he had a – everybody calls it an attache case, which sounds so – I don't know. I don't know what to call it, but I call it a briefcase. Why'd you say it like that for? Well, I don't know. I just thought attache. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. It's got cachet. It's attache. Yeah. But that's what he was wanting, some cachet. Well, I guess people wore trench coats everywhere back then. It didn't look so sketchy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, he, he was dressed up, and um, he uh, took his seat. And it, I've seen several reports where he was at the back, sitting at the back of the plane, and several reports report different seats that he sat in. But we won't get into all that. But shortly after takeoff, he handed the flight attendant, like I guess they, they called him stewardesses back in in 1971, he handed her a note, and I, she thought – it was a flirtation. Oh, uh, yeah, a flirtation. Yeah. And she didn't even read it at first. And He's like, you might want to read that. Well, before all that, he ordered, what did he order, Chris? He ordered a 7-Up uh, and bourbon. Mm-hmm. Uh, bourbon and soda. Well, I guess 7-Up. It was 7-Up. Yeah, some kind of carbonation with bourbon. Yeah. And, I mean, this guy was cool. I mean, he was slick. And then he handed the flight attendant, well, the stewardess, a note. And like Chris said, she thought he was flirting with her. And he said, ma'am, I think you need to read that note. And she read the note, and he uh, he told her, said, I have a bomb. And said that she needed to come and sit beside of him. So, I mean, she went and sat down beside him. She actually requested to see the bomb. You think she still thought he was trying to pick up on her? I don't know. He's like, I got a bomb over here. Yeah. Come come sit down beside me. <laughs> Is that a bomb in your pants, or you just happy to see me? <laughs> Drop it on you, baby. <laughs> Drop the bomb on me, <laughs> baby. Oh, we'll put that. We'll put that song in the podcast. There you go. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> where was we at? Yeah, she's sitting down beside of him. And she requested to see the bomb, but she told the other flight attendant, that, you know, that what he had said, and he had to tell the pilots what was going on. They were being hijacked, and he was requesting two hundred thousand dollars. Which you know, there's a lot back then, but not a lot it's, now. It's uh, what I read. It was like 1.2 million today. Well, it's a pretty pretty good chunk of change still. And uh, they landed in Portland, not Portland. I'm sorry. They took off in Portland, landed landed in Seattle, Washington, and they were going to refuel there. And that's where everything took place. He got to requesting his you know his demands. He wanted four. Fried chicken. Four no. fried chickens. No. No, no, white bread. Too. Yeah. Four, ha- four happy meals. No, he wanted four civilian parachutes, which 
that's kind of weird, you know, him requesting civilian parachutes, and especially four of them, because, you know, really, you know, like I said, he was slick. He, and he got the, the authorities thinking maybe, you know, he's going to take some people hostage and parachute with him. So that's why they, you know, and they were going to put parachute, give him parachutes that didn't work or something like that. But, you know, he requested four, then, yeah, you got you to make sure all of them work. Yeah. That's pretty slick. I didn't realize that. Oh, yeah, this guy was slick. <clears throat> I mean, he was, I mean, and when they got to doing the demands, that's when he started wearing his little mirrored shades. Yeah, he, he put the shades on and took his uh, clip-on uh, tie off. He also uh, requested to have the letters back. Yeah, the, about the bomb. He wanted that back. Makes sense. But really, you know, I thought, what, what douche would wear a, a clip-on tie? But you got to think about it. Now, if he's going to jump out of the back of a plane, he wouldn't want a real tie catching on something and possibly hanging him or getting hooked on something. Hey, Donnie, what douche mm-hmm. wants to jump out of a plane in loafers? You gonna go? You gonna go parachute and have a plane? Who wants to try to land on the ground with loafers on? You need to have your Nikes on or something like that, man. Yeah, but this was DB. Nikes wasn't even invented then. Probably. Yeah, but this was DB, DB Cooper. I mean, he could do that stuff. Loafers, man. But this, see, that lends into the what we probably get into later. Go ahead. Yeah, but see, it was DB Cooper. He could do that stuff. I mean, it's probably. I mean, I've been Chuck Norris for all we know. Oh my god. But anyway, you probably see, don't. you don't realize though, Chris. I mean, we're talking about this, and this guy. By today's standards, was a terrorist. Oh yeah, but you got to look from '71 to now. This guy's been as much as a bad guy as he has been an anti-hero or a hero to people. Man, I know he stuck it to the man. Yeah, there was he got away with it. There was never a hijacking demanding money before him. Everybody once wanted to go somewhere. They wanted to go to Cuba or South America or somewhere like that. They just wanted to go somewhere. He demanded money. He was the he was an innovator. He wanted money, and they they were. Hundreds of copycats after him, but I mean, he set the, he set the trend on hijacking. That's for sure. Why do you think he put on sunglasses afterwards? After everybody's already seen him, because he's cool like that. <laughs> that makes no sense. Like, he figured if he was trying to, that could be a glitch a, in his plan, though, man. Yeah, he's he smart. If he's he going to have like the, a disguise, he figured he would have entered the plane with the sunglasses on. So I didn't think he ever had them off. I didn't know that. I, I yeah, just he put them on. He yeah. put them on. Like it's like whenever they landed. And they're about to take off again. He's like, he just made that transition. He's just like, you know what? Screw this. Takes the towel off. Hey. Puts his sunglasses on. Hey, well, he put them on because they got two different mug shots. So, hey, he got two different mug shots. Put or some, not mug shots. Uh, uh, sketches. sketches. I don't like yeah. him because he's wearing um, sunglasses inside of a airplane. Yeah, and at night. And he was smoking in an airplane, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what a rebel. Yeah. They, they could actually do stuff like that. Smoking on an airplane. But anyway... They landed in Seattle, and he he told him his demands. He wanted four parachutes, civilian parachutes. They went back up into the air, and he told him where he wanted to go. Well, he wanted. They told him he wanted to go to Mexico. Yeah. But they didn't have enough fuel to make it to Mexico, and they were going to have to stop in Las Vegas. And the pilot made his own route. It, the the route they actually took wasn't what where what's his name wanted to go. They just knew where he wanted to end up at, but the pilot actually chose to go the route they took. So, but what we got to get back to is they spent a long time in Seattle, buying time, trying to negotiate with him, trying to recording all those serial numbers on that money. Oh yeah, they they recorded they microfilmed all the serial numbers on them twenty dollar bills. Which I, I'll, I'll never understand. If you're going to hijack something and want money, 
why would you request money whenever it's just going to get traced? Because you can't spend that money. Because if you do, they're going to be around your tail. I, I mean, I don't know. Why would somebody want money as a demand? So he might not. Th- well, this is the first time it's ever happened, though. So he maybe didn't think they were going to do that. Well, you figure somebody that's going to be brave enough to. Somebody's probably never parachuted before or jumped out of a plane. It's, it's going to take the. have the nerve to do that, but not no, think no. enough the, say, the money thing. What'd you say again? What? What'd you first start saying? You think somebody who's something out of a plane never jumped out of a plane? Yeah. We don't know he's never jumped out of a plane. Well, we this don't... Might, this is probably in his first... But we don't know he don't know about serial numbers on money either. Though. Right, but but what we're saying is he... he probably wasn't the first time he ever jumped out of a plane. I would say not. I'd say he, he'd jumped out of planes before. Probably many times. Well, you know, yeah. one, of the, one of the parachutes he got was a, was a dummy. Was it was a training parachute. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it was sewed closed. That could have been one of the ones he used when he went down. And if if that is one of the ones he used when he went down, it would be a novice to not be able to pick it up. That, hey, this is not an actual working parachute. He's up in the air, told me he wanted to go to, go, go to Mexico. Um, but they didn't have enough fuel to get to Mexico, so they had to stop in. They were going to have to stop in Las Vegas, what they told him. <clears throat> but you know, he's got to be pretty smart to pick this plane. It's a 727 plane with a rear door. Flat. They call it an air stair. I mean, so he can bail out of that thing. Kind of like what you see on, you know, some of these movies where they, these uh, paratroopers are jumping out of the back of a plane. That's the kind of the plane it was with those steps out of the back end of it. Well, it wasn't a, yeah, but it wasn't like a big ramp. No, it was stairs. It was just, yeah, it was just a, a small little set of steps. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it also, well, go ahead. But anyway, he had, after they took off from Seattle, he'd um, ordered all the all the passengers that were on the plane. They got to leave. It was just a just a crew that was left on the plane when they took off from Seattle. And he said he's very polite too. I always said he was very polite, yeah. Yeah. very suave, nice, nice guy. And they uh, said that he was probably in his mid forties, um, anywhere from five foot ten to six foot, slender built man, which. You know, gets into you know thinking that maybe this guy was maybe ex-military or something that he knew how you know planes worked and how different things because he had told them when they took off from Seattle that he wanted them to stay at ten thousand feet and keep their speed. I think it was uh, 100, 150 miles per hour. But it was just enough to keep the plane up and the flaps down. It was just enough. So he had to have some kind of tra- training or knowledge to be able to know that. I mean, I don't know that stuff. Nobody who thinks about stuff like that. So he, I think he had some military aircraft training somewhere along the way. Wouldn't See, the, the stairwell also had, uh, well, of course, it had an alarm when it was set down. <clears throat> and also, I want to say it had an alarm, a pressure sensor, like somebody was on it. Mm-hmm. That plays into it too. But he told them to, they didn't want any cabin pressure. Mm. Release all the cabin pressure. And I guess that helped when he opened those stairs up that it wouldn't you know, suck, suck anybody, anybody or anything out. But still, it was still the, if if he lived through it, which we assume he did because they never found a body, that's the highest unaided parachute jump mm-hmm. without like, because you can't breathe that high. And you would be dead before you, you know, 
it was so high that you need a breathing apparatus to survive the fall just to get to the point where you deploy the chute. <clears throat> but they were saying, that's what I'm saying. There was, I saw a thing one time and it was talking about, and I apologize, I didn't look it up, but it's almost like he let the stairs down and they never knew when exactly he jumped. See what I'm saying? So, yeah. so they could they say, we let the stairs down here. We discovered him that he wasn't here, here, but it might have been 100 miles away. Yeah, because everybody was in the cockpit. Yeah. <clears throat> there was nobody back there at the back of the plane where he was. And he left his clip-on tie there and with the little clip. Yep. He left that on the plane. Hmm. Like a, screw you. I'd <laughs> say, mm-hmm. like, hey, yes, I'm gone. But, you know, they don't really know, like I said, at what point he, he bailed out of the plane. Yeah, they don't know. Getting back to the, the folklore and the, the folk hero, let's put it that way. He's a folk hero. <clears throat> There's been, man... I know of three different movies, two movies I know based on his life or based on him living through it and being this guy, and a third movie where I think Burt Reynolds played the guy and they more or less let it be that he was D.B. Cooper. Mm-hmm. It was called Up the Creek, maybe? I think it had David Spade and some of them in it. Yeah, and it had uh, Dak Shepard in it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. Yeah. They were all buddies and went back camping. Yeah. Yeah, and then they ended up. Running into yeah, Burt Reynolds yeah. up in the woods somewhere. They, they made it out like he was D.B. Cooper. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty killer movie. Yeah. But, you know, like you said, there's been – they don't know exactly what point he bailed out. And he, he jumped out over the Great Northwest somewhere over a, a, a heavily forested area, somewhere near the Columbia River, I think, because uh, later on, I think it was in 1980 – there was a a little boy there with his family. They were camping or doing some different things, and he un- he discovered a, a bag of money. And it was twenty dollar bills, and they got they got to checking it, and those serial numbers matched what DB Cooper had had. And just a little side note too, I think uh, they had sold some of those bills at auction. I think one of them sold for thirty thousand dollars, just for one of those twenty dollar bank notes, mm. to have some of that money. So you know, they didn't find all the money, but they found some of it. It was like, it was a few thousand dollars, but it was very deteriorated. They couldn't, you know, they could only. It was like part of a note. Yeah, they didn't <laughs> know how it got there. They didn't know if it came down through the river or. Yeah. If he came back and buried it there, or put it there mm-hmm. to throw him off. Um, just a little trivia: the movie was a night, was two thousand four. It's called Without a Paddle. Matthew Lillard, Seth Green, and Dak Shepard. Another uh, when I said while ago when we was talking about it, I said the main character of the television series Twin Peaks nineteen ninety is named Dale Bartholomew Cooper after D B Cooper. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I told you Bartholomew, man. <laughs> It was actually a, as a comic with a, um, it was a, it was a overseas. It was a comic book. As a character's name was uh, Dan Cooper, I believe. Mm-hmm. It was the name of the comic book, and they're thinking maybe that's how he got his his name that he used in the airport. I remember the first time I heard this story was on uh, the TV show In Search of. 
was uh, hosted by Leonard Nimoy. Well, I probably saw that same year. Yeah, and, that, and I've always been intrigued by that because, you know, they never they never found it. I mean, this was, this was the only hijacking that's never ever been, that been figured out. I mean, yep. this is the only one. 1988 episode of Unsolved Mysteries focused on the Skyjacker. Mm-hmm. I don't think he survived it. I just, I just don't think. What happened to his body then? He'd be, way, he'd be way too famous to, to still be in hiding. And I mean, you've got people who, who've acted and said that, you know, oh, I'm, I'm D.B. Cooper. Which would, why would you want to say that you are, are the real D.B. Cooper whenever you know if you admit that, you, you know you're going to be in trouble. It's not like you, you're just going to be a superstar and you're going to just end up on a, you know, the Hollywood, you know, was it this Walk of Fame, yeah, whatever? I mean, there's been several people been suspected over the years that the FBI have focused on. One of them was a uh, Richard Floyd McCoy Jr. And uh, I'm looking at his picture right here on the internet, and I mean, he favors DB Cooper a lot. And he was an Army veteran. He served two tours in Vietnam. He was a, a first as a demolition expert, and then later with the Green Berets as a helicopter pilot. I mean, you look at his picture, man. He looks dead on like D.B. Cooper. Well, that, well, that yeah. sketch was pretty generic. I mean, it could, it could go for a lot of different people, though. Yeah. That, that's the reason why so many people got away with saying, oh, well, that's me. And, and get this, too. Uh, on April 7th of 1972, McCoy staged the best known of the so-called copycat hijackings. Yeah. So, he, he asked for a lot more money, too. Yeah, that's why all people kind of leave... You know, he's. I've read about you know several of these, and he's right up there on my list. Well, it usually is a copycat though with every murder, yeah. like especially famous one. Everybody wants to, everybody wants to get that fame, and they want to think they they can do it better. But I just I don't understand why somebody would want to try to take on. And usually the people who said they they knew somebody or something like that usually is on like a deathbed situation when they're like, well, I gotta I gotta admit something to you. You know, I'm I'm actually DB Cooper. And, Mm-hmm. I did that, you know, skyjacking, and I mean that's usually how it came out. And then there's a um, another one that's very high up on the list as far as suspects on this was a uh, a Robert Rackstraw. He was a, a retired pilot, an ex-convict who served as an army helicopter uh, during the Vietnam War. Um, he came to attention of the Cooper Task Force in 1978 after he was arrested in Iran and deported to the U.S. to face explosive possession. But uh, he was released on bail and attempted to fake his own death. But, yeah, he's he's way up there on, on their list as far as being D.B. Cooper. But then there's, there's been other people that's come forward. You know, there's another one. I think his name was, his last name was Christensen. I don't, I don't remember his first name. But it, it was like everything I heard that before D.B. Cooper he had he had two lives, one before DB Cooper happened and one after DB Cooper happened. And after he had all this money that he was giving people, and paid off his uh, parents' home mortgage and just giving money giving money away left and right. But that leads me to think, like you said, you know they 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 had all this money, you know the, the serial numbers microfilmed, you know they had every note written down. So that stuff would have shown up somewhere. Yeah, I mean, it, it. The money was never spent. 
None of the serial numbers ever ran. That's why I'm thinking either he's dead. He's he's getting dead. I mean, I don't I don't think he survived that. Or he, why would he ask for money if he wasn't going to spend it? If he was smart enough to know he couldn't spend it, why would he have asked for money? You know, I, I kind of, I don't know. I mean, I kind of think that he might have survived because I mean, he was slick up to that point. Everything he did was just textbook. But what would have been the point? Just saying that you did it. Yeah. Some people will like it. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> that's for that much money. I mean, you might as well just ask for a hundred dollars if you knew you ain't gonna spend it. Yeah, I mean, it makes me think too. You know, you got it's all twenty dollar bills. I know it's all recorded, but is it possible just to throw some out in circulation here and there? You know, go spend it at a, at a convenience store. Get How long a, you gotta think they gonna worry about that? You know what I'm saying? I was trying to look up the statute of limitations because, you know. But they charged him with crimes. They charged D.B. Cooper with crimes. What I'm thinking is, you know, if he laid out so long, what is it, statute limitation on certain things is... Yeah, yeah but it's done run out on him. They, yeah. they, they put they put an extra another charge on him, though, so that way they could yeah. always do it. But they actually, 45 years after he jumped, they they finally they just closed, they closed the, the yeah, case. Yeah, I saw a good report here. It's been the last year or two. Where they, they really tried, it was FBI agents, they really tried to dig it up on him and try to find out, and it was about that Robert Rackstraw and that other guy. Mm-hmm. And, man, that was that was some of the most, uh, what do you say, convincing evidence, but then they, they tore it all apart there at the end, and they, they let it, they closed it. But, you know, what, I'm, what I was getting into is, yeah, there's a statute of limitations on him and the crime, but what's the statute of limitations on finding that money? Not statute of limitation, but what's the, you know, you got all that. You're not gonna. They're not gonna assert. Seventy one. We didn't have not. We didn't have a computer system. Now you can probably like you know. I don't know. Maybe something scans or whatever. But what I'm saying is, if he pays you twenty dollars and you twenty dollars and 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 it goes from you to somebody else and it goes from you to somebody else and that you know old Joe at the convenience at the general store or whatever. Heck, half those people didn't even trust banks probably in seventy one, and um. What I'm saying is, you know, it, it might take years yeah. for that money to get in. That's right. Yeah, but the fact that none of it was ever used, I mean. But I, well, yeah, but. I mean, none, none know, of the serial numbers ever well, came up. I he, mean, even know, now they can run the serial numbers and see. But you know that, that ever so often they take money, they just take it out of circulation, and they go in, they poke holes in it, and, da, 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 and they shred it, and they just throw it away. Yeah. And they put more in. That's that's what I'm saying. It could have been circulating around, and and was it nationwide? I mean, you know, who all? What I'm saying is, how do you track that money? Yeah, you got the serial numbers recorded, but you're gonna ask, you know, Bobby Sue over at the the general store. You know, you you need to watch every twenty dollars and look for these numbers. They got more things important to do than that, and you know. And then there again, you just heard. I mean, you know, he's a he's a folk hero, more or less. I mean, you know, he's an anti-government hero or anti- whatever. He was like, let him get away with it. So for every person that might have had to turn that in, I, my, my point is, how how were you supposed to track it? There there was a thing. How what was it? A guy stole a bunch of money one time. Oh, it might have been the 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 was them rednecks over at uh, Kramer Mountain. Oh. Uh, uh... I can't think of it right now. Anyways, my point is, my daddy's a, a 
a good honest man. If y'all don't know me, he's a Southern Baptist preacher. But sometimes the most honest man can come up with the best ways to get out of something. And I forget what it was, but we were talking one time, and he said, here's what I would do. If I had a bunch of money that was not mine, I wanted to go through it and spend it and, and, and escape, you know, possibly getting caught. He said, first of all, I'd look through the want ads and find somebody with a motorhome that I could drive around the country. He said, they probably don't want, you know, this is 20 years ago, you know, they said they want $10,000 for it. Well, they're not going to, you know, eight, 5000 whatever. You pay them in cash. They don't care. They got $5,000 for the hunk of junk they're trying to get rid of. He said, then you hear all these KOAs every night. Just You just travel the country. A little bit here, a little bit there. Dropping a 20 here, dropping yeah. a 20 there. And, and he said, you could go all over the country for uh, so many years and nobody ever know it. He said, you just disappear because they're all looking over here. And I'm like, that's pretty ingenious plan. The, the where you get caught is you go spend all that money at one time. Mm-hmm. Those people at Kramer Mountain, that's what got them caught. They were they were spending tons of money, and that's not here or there, but it, it's along the same lines. It's like, how do you get rid of that massive amount of money? But within that lies 1971, right? Mm-hmm. 1971. No computer systems, and if they are, they're archaic. I don't think that's a priority. I mean, it was at that time. It was in Portland, Oregon and everything, but... You know, he might have had a car stashed and ready to go and, and drove himself to Mexico. If he had a full tank of gas, he's 200 miles away before he has to drop a dollar. I mean, you know. It's very possible because I remember one of the interviews that he uh, they interviewed the, the stewardess, and he would actually point out when they would fly over a city or a town, he said, oh, that's so-and-so town, that's so-and-so town. He knew exactly where he was in the air there was a big theory that he wasn't that he had worked for the airlines and um that he you know he had actually been a mechanic or something like that mm-hmm. i believe for these planes so if you're going to be somebody like that you're probably going to fly a lot too and if you're ex-military you're, you're probably going to know how to see the layouts and stuff just from maps stuff that you could easily got in that time so yeah i mean it Oh, when you get back to him being a, a folklore and everything, every year, I think it's Portland or Seattle, one of those two towns. Washington. Is it Washington? Mm-hmm. They hold a D.B. Cooper. Cyclopedia Brown over here, yeah. man. They hold a D.B. Cooper festival every year. Yeah, yeah, honor his name, which I think is stupid, by the way. It's, it's so stupid. Oh, man, that'd be great. No, dude, no, yeah. I would, so I would, if, if it wasn't across the country, I'd go to it. Oh, yeah, by dressing up. Yeah. But on the D.B. Cooper, no, I guess, what I'm saying. Shades. For, every, for every crime, as long as there's nobody dead in the crime. Nobody nobody died from nobody this. Nobody died oh, in the crime. Oh, guys. That's every, every uh, Saturday after Thanksgiving they do that. Oh. What's that? Oh, well, okay. Yeah. But uh, <clears throat> anyways. Always done uh, his research. Yeah, I know. I appreciate that, Chris. But, uh. Uh, anyways, my point being, you look at a crime where a lot of money got took and nobody died, there will be a substantial part of this population in America that will be pulling for that guy never to get caught. Oh, yeah. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I don't see him as a hero, man. I, I, oh, I know. I mean, oh, they would talk him down. Policy, maybe, but not as a hero. I just don't know why people, even still to this day, would... 
would celebrate somebody. Not even somebody by his real name. They celebrate DB Cooper. They even celebrating. <laughs> Even if it was celebrating Dan Cooper, ain't his damn name either. So it's like he stuck it to the man, Chris. There's a lot of people love it when you stick it to yeah, the but man. If he died, did he really stick it to the man? You know, the, the man lost two hundred thousand dollars. It's 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 only sticking it to the man if the money was spent, if he used his own real name, and if he lived. Yeah, but he's he's a he's a legend. You but, know, and, yeah. how's that legend? Though? Is that literally legendary status? I mean, he, he hijacked a plane. I mean, he was the first one to do it for money. I mean, he was the first. He was, he, like I said, he was a trendsetter for this. If somebody goes and jumps off the Empire State Building and lives, is he legendary? Yeah. Yeah. He lives after people, that. People got in a barrel and went over Niagara He's freaking Falls. freaking lucky. He, but if he would have died, he would, he would have been an idiot. Yeah. Uh, come on. Well, He's that's still the, an idiot. That's the point, though, man. What, you, did, you, didn't, you, didn't give us a, you didn't give us a question that made any sense. What's you that? said if a guy jumped off the Empire State Building and lived... Would he be legendary? Yes, he would be legendary. No, he'd be stupid. No, if he lived, he would I mean, be legendary, Chris. But if he died, if he he'd be died, stupid. he'd be an idiot. I agree with you on that. But, but he's still a, d- a dumbass if he jumps off the Empire State Building. Oh, he'd if, be he lives le- or not. if he lives, oh, he's a legend. Yeah, a legendary dumbass, me, maybe. Trust oh. me. You jump off the Empire State Building and live, you will never buy another thing in your life. <laughs> oh, if he jumps off the Empire State Building and lives, he'll be on Jimmy Fallon the next night. Oh dear oh, yeah. Lord of mercy! Oh, he will. He'll be he'll be able to write his own check. It's like you know, people went over Niagara Falls in a barrel and lived, and they're they're legendary. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's that's you that's that's the basis of American life, man. You challenge you challenge fear and death, and you live. Yeah, there's a lot of people that die, and you're like, what an idiot. But that one guy lives through it, man. You're like, whoo, man, that dude could tough. That's like a dude went up in the in space and jump, you know, did the free fall from yeah. outer space. You know, he didn't have to do that, and I wouldn't do it, but, man, for for a minute there, he was a pretty freaking famous dude. Yeah, but since he, since he died, I think he died. That don't make him legendary. And you just said if the guy who jumped on the interstate state, in the Empire State Building would have died, right. he'd been dumb. Look at this. I see where you're going. Yes, let's say he died that night. But nobody ever found a body, and they grid searched that whole area. But nobody spent the money. I, I don't care. That's not the point. My point being is, he is still legendary. If he hit the ground so hard that he went ten foot down and dirt covered him up, and they never could find him, he's still legendary. Cause you know why? That was nineteen seventy one. This is two thousand nineteen, and even us three dumb hicks are still talking about him. And there's people okay. that have, uh, um, there's people that have. That you said have a, a a party from look most people have parties just a reason to get drunk absolutely but hey then people digging DB Cooper and DB Cooper for that reason alone could be a legend man <laughs> the, hey I, I understand your point of view and I think you might could open up a little bit but yeah if you think he's that way that's fine but he there's no doubt there's no doubt about it, the man is a legend yeah. He could have died that night. He'd been a legend. I don't know, man. Now, people if you found his body, total different story. People do He's just dumb an idiot. stuff all the time. They're just they're just known as just dumb people. But it's what I they don't do. Yeah. It's it's all about the fail or success. But right. if he didn't spend the money, he didn't do it for the money. You know, he he just went skydiving at night and hijacked the plane. But we don't know he didn't spend that money. Yeah, we, we assume we, he didn't. We don't know. Let's just let's just come off the fence right now and just. Chris, be, I mean, just throw it out there. 
Do you think he lived or died? Died. You think he died? He's dead. The dude is dead. And I don't know. He well, he's really probably dead the... now, but you think he died? <laughs> in that, you think he died in that that uh, jumping out of that plane? Absolutely. I don't think somebody would ask for money and not spend it. And if, and like I said, if he knew that he couldn't spend the money because serial numbers, then he never would well, ask for really money. He didn't really know that. Well, he just maybe assumed it. Then why didn't he, why wouldn't he spend it then? I'm saying he. You don't know he didn't. All right, Bill. What do you What do you think? You think he died that day, or do you think he lived on? And no, I think he lived. You think he did? He may have died from it, but he lived. I think. Hey, now you got a Ouija board. Let's just ask him. Oh, we have a Ouija board in there on the shelf. I, I'm out of here. As for me, I think I think he lived. I think he lived through it and, and went on. I don't, you know, like I say I don't know if he spent it and shelled out a little bit of money here and there, spent it at the grocery store and bought stuff here and there, just to keep it untraceable. But yeah, I kind of I kind of think he lived through it. Back then, did people put their money in banks? Was that like just something they did? They did, but you know, or did something? Not everybody. Did. I guarantee you, people around here didn't. No, if he'd have put it in the bank, he'd have called him right, right, right away. Right. But no. But even if he went to Mexico, he couldn't have spent it in Mexico. He would have had to trade it out for pesos, right? Mm-hmm. Did they have pesos then in Mexico? Oh yeah. Yeah. Hell, I don't know. Things change. <laughs> oh yeah. I went a lot back then, like well, y'all. Pesos like less than a penny, so I'd be trading for more than pesos. <laughs> Well, I don't. I don't know, man. I don't. Think I didn't he, do my research on that. I don't that. think he went to Mexico. I think he, you know, he hung around that area and and just. But but come on, man. He's gonna have to have money. He's gonna have to have money to survive. I mean, he can't just go out and get a job the next day, especially when there's military, man. But no, if 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 they have a sketch of him released in newspapers, how why would he go out and get a job when this God be there's gonna be wanted wanted posters up of him and everything like that. You can't just go out and get a job right away. He's going to have money to live off of. Which brings back to my point. No, None of the serial numbers were ever put in the system as being used, spent, anything like that. And I'm sure something was sent out saying, you know, he asked for $200,000. We got serial numbers on it. If, if I mean, so anybody. So you think, you think they called the community mart here, down here, down the street right here and said, hey. This guy shows up with some twenty dollar bills, or anybody shows up. $20 well, Donnie, nobody goes to Faustin, so no. Well, I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> That's their point, though. Yeah. That's their point. Nobody yeah. goes to Faustin. But, but he, wh- where did they think he landed at? Where towards Las Vegas? No, it was, no, in, it was, no, in, it was in, the, in the Great Northwest. It was in the wilderness yeah. where he landed, supposedly. Again, nobody knows exactly where well, he supposedly landed. The people they think were, what did they think he was ex-military? They just said ex-military. Yeah. Right? All right. The guys that they thought were him. Did it say what ex-military they were? That one guy said he brought them back from Iran or Iraq, didn't he? Yeah, but he was... Uh... Here's my point. At that time, he could have been a Green Beret. Green Beret. Really, if you know any long-term... Yeah, McCoy was a Green Beret. Right, okay. I'm not saying that's him, but my point being is ex-military, ex-Green Beret, A, they don't live on $200,000. They live off the land and a lot of things. The two hundred thousand just could have been a stick in the eye, and he could have lived off the land. It, I mean, there's you you turn some some people wrong like that. They'll just that they stuck it to you, and their their benefit is living, and you ne- never getting caught, and you never getting your money back. He he was quoted. He was I think one of the stewardess maybe had asked him. Uh, why are you doing this to us or something like that? And he said, "I'm not doing it to you. I'm doing it to them." There you go. But, okay, I can see him being a vigilante, like, 
and I'm you know, stick it to the man type of thing. But I don't think he would have just not used the money. I don't think that he would just be like, you know, I just I'm just gonna ask for it just just for the heck of it. I mean, I think he 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 took the money so that way he could spend it whenever he got where he was going. And if he knew exactly where he was, why would you try to land in a bunch of woods and stuff? Because they didn't have technology where they're just going to find you immediately right when you drop. You why not go for like grasslands or something like that, like in the middle of a field? Because it, easier to spot. Ex-military, ex-green beret would look for stuff like that. But they didn't know where he was. So what does that matter? What does it matter where you, if you drop in the wooded area or if you drop in the middle of a field? They didn't have the technology where they're like tracing him and like, oh, well, this is where he's at there. This is where the plane is right here. They, they didn't know. But they did know how to trace stuff back then. I mean, even though it was 1971, they had capability of finding people. Well, and Maybe. on top of that, too, it's not, okay, here's the tree section. The tree section goes forever. He's already, we already know he spotted that town there, that town there, that town there. He dropped the tailgate or the ladder, or the ramp, whatever it was. He dropped it at a certain time. They didn't find out he was gone for another certain time. He could have landed in a grassy field. Exactly. Uh, that's what I'm saying. They, they, even, even if they he, were tracing a plane, they don't still know where he's at. So he would look. He would if he had in his head exactly where he's going to jump. He would have. He would have. Which it's a night time. How the heck would he know that? I mean, come on. He can't Green look beret, down the man. Navy SEALs. But we don't Green know beret. he was Green Beret. I mean, people, I mean. You don't know what? No. There, there was no interview with this guy, so all this is speculation. I mean, only thing we know is the people who talked to him on the plane. That's the only thing we know. Even this other guy, even Rackstraw, he was a retired pilot. He was also a, a served on an Army helicopter crew during Vietnam. I mean, these guys weren't just... Joe's out here on the street. They had training. They had military training, air training in, in in helicopters and airplanes and stuff. They just weren't just me or you. I mean, they, they knew how to do stuff. They knew how to spot stuff from the air. He could have dropped that one bag of money to throw him off the scent. Could have. He really could have. Yeah, but none Somebody of will find this down the road. Now they, they never found a parachute. They never found anything. No, they didn't. So what? Okay, if he didn't live through this, you you saying he just jumped and down well, well, the they, cord? Well, they were saying that by what they they could figure out, they think he landed in the water because that's they think the money went through the water to land where it was found at, uh, like right there in that what do they call it? What was the word? It was right there in the in the, the dirt or the sand. It was like a sandbar. Yeah. Like, so they said the only way it could have got there from. Near where he jumped at was by water. So if he would landed in the water, you're gonna have that big old parachute behind you, at exactly. least one. How how would you survive? Landing? You'd have to take all that stuff off while in the rapids of the the river. Exactly. You you're making our point. I'm saying there ain't no way he could survive. All right, he couldn't survive. All them rapids and all them rocks are gonna hang on what that big parachute. You saying your your theory is he died? Yeah. Your theory is also so you let's go let's go. When he jumps off the plane, does he pull a ripcord? Does he make the parachute open? If he didn't use the, if he didn't use the training one, yes. Okay. Regardless, but you ain't gonna be able to steer it. He's gonna float. He's gonna float after so many days. Your body bloats up and you float to the surface. They're gonna find that dead body somewhere. Second of all, he pulls the cord. And okay, so you saying he pulled the cord or not? You you're going on this know. dummy parachute thing? I don't know. Yeah, sure. 
They okay. they they, they well, gave I mean, him a dummy parachute. If he did, if he wasn't experienced and he used a dummy parachute and didn't use the yeah, good one. Well, but what I'm saying is, if he pulled a ripcord and he popped that chute and he died in the rapids, what happened to the parachute? It could be in the tree. Who says you just he, said he landed in the water? I'm saying that's what they're saying. He happened with him. I'm saying uh, right. Okay, what, what so if he hit a tree, tree on the way down? Okay, he a tree. There's still a parachute in the tree. Could be. They they, they grid searched this whole. That's a vast area. lot. Since they didn't really but know where a, he a landed parachute, at, man, it's usually bright white. And then they didn't start getting all these colored parachutes till it became a big thing to jump out of planes. It's probably going to be a, was it a military shoot. The the civilian, civilian they were civilian shoots. All right, well, still, I mean, I don't know. It's going to be a bright color. It's not going to be green. I, I, well, I mean, I'm saying I ain't never seen, I ain't never seen a parachute in, in, in person. I don't know the quality of them. I don't know if well, they would just they're like huge. rip apart. I don't know if they would like no, shred. They're like, no, they're 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 made to hold hold up. I mean, yeah. they don't they just don't give you a uh, an umbrella and jump out of a plane with. I mean, maybe something's going to hold up. So if he dies, then there's a body laying there. There's <clears throat> attached to a parachute. There's there's an unopened or an open parachute. His loafers. His loafers. Mm-hmm. You're gonna find a loafer mask. Gonna fall off his foot. I don't know about man. water though. Water will take anything. You don't know how hey, long it's gonna take. Where's it gonna it, go though. to though? I don't know. It's water gonna, keeps going and going and going right, and going. But these these rivers get low and high and. They would have found something. They would have found a body. They would. They didn't find anything. <clears throat> they didn't find any trace of him. Animals could eat on his body. But even even. If animals do eat on a body, they still they don't eat all of it. Yeah, but I mean, you go walk in the woods right now, you can find stuff that are valuable because not everything gets found. It's lost. Not everything gets there. There's things out there that we still have yet to discover just because the world is so big and you can't possibly find everything and see everything. Yeah, but I, they didn't find anything on this guy. I mean, they this was the this was a big freaking deal back in. They had FBI military searching for this this, this area. They didn't find nothing. They they weren't just out there to say let's let's have a search party. I mean, they were searching that whole yeah. area. It was a big deal. And he so he so, would have jumped with his uh, suitcase that had the bomb in it, right? The homemade bomb. Yeah, he took it with him. So, why would you jump with a bomb? It was supposedly a bomb. We don't know. <laughs> All right. Okay, and so I'm thinking. These must have not been the smartest people because there, there's at least four or five people in the cockpit. And you have one guy that says he's got a bomb. Once he opened that door, why didn't they go back there? It was on autopilot. They don't know where the bomb was left. Mm-mm. I know, but if, he, if if he's opened up that back door. They were hostage. They were just doing what they were told. Yeah, I would have done the same but thing. The only, but the only thing he had was the bomb. But I'm saying once they opened up that back And he had a bag of money. That, that rear door back there. Obviously, he's got parachutes, so he's going to jump. He ain't going to leave the bomb on the plane. They didn't know that. Mm-mm. I mean, why not just... Why, if I had a real bomb, I wouldn't have took it with me. <laughs> why not wrestle the guy to the ground, take the suitcase, throw it off the plane? Here, I had the door open. It was depressurized. It ain't like it's going to suck him out once they come out the cockpit. I don't think it was a real bomb. I think it was just some parts of shiny used pinball machine parts like Dr. Brown well, I'm saying if people like that were the ones that are searching for this parachute and stuff, really, I don't trust them. I question their wit. I don't know if they could have. I don't think they could have uh, uh, pulled off a good uh, search for anything if they came and uh, handled a situation like that. Especially if it's a scrawny little runt. Legend- um, they never did find anything legendary. Only 
years later it was a little bit of money which he could have you know threw some out you know like bill said throws people off but you know nobody knows nobody knows what happened to him all right guys we're gonna ramp up this uh db cooper podcast any last words chris this weather sucks bill you got anything to add db cooper lived <laughs> rock on db cooper now guys i just want to remind everybody uh our website is up, crackhousechronicles.com. Go there. You can. There's a link on the homepage where you can subscribe to our podcast. Just put in your email, and you will get notified when new episodes are dropped. There is also a donate button there if you'd like to help contribute to the podcast. Help us buy gas money, equipment, whatever. Um, anything you want to do is greatly appreciated. Also, uh, Go to our Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Check us out. We're always posting new stuff there. All right, guys. With that being said, this is the, the Crack House Chronicles. Chronicles.